We welcome you to the 2v1 Sportscast with your starting lineup, Clint, Hauser, and Josh. It's showtime. What's going on, everybody? We welcome you to another exciting episode of the 2v1 Sportscast. We hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving last week filled with uh, spending time with family, all the good food you can eat. Um, but let's jump right into it. Um, we got uh, quite a bit to cover for the NCAA football and basketball, NFL and NBA. So let's just jump right into it. Starting with the NCAA football, um, of course, um, the college football rankings came out Tuesday um, and some changes here and there from certainly um, last weekend's uh, matchups, especially with the Michigan and the Ohio State game. Um, but for the top four teams that we have right now is number one, we have the typical Georgia. Um, we have number two, Michigan made the jump. Alabama's at three and Cincinnati is at four. And teams are not that far behind as Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Um, so guys, what are your, what are your first impressions? Um, I mean, nothing really much has changed other than Michigan basically swapped places with Ohio State. But the way things are looking at right now, um, I mean, what are your thoughts on the top four rankings and just the rankings as a whole? Um, yeah, I mean, I watched the Ohio State-Michigan game, like decked out my Ohio State gear and turned it on and I saw the rain and the, the snow, not the rain, the snow, and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> this is going to be a very scary situation. And I don't know. Like you could just feel it in the air. Like throughout time, Michigan won. Um, it was a great win. I'm glad they moved to two um, over Alabama. Um, I don't. I really like these rankings. I have no. I don't disagree with any of these rankings. I. It's going to be hard for BYU to make a New Year's Six. They're, he's going. They're going to have to have people lose. Really, they just need Baylor to lose. Other than that, there's not really any other team in front of them that can lose. They'll need like Iowa to lose behind them as well. And I have, I actually have the exact thing that has to happen for BYU to get in. Oh, you ready? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so number three Alabama has to beat number one Georgia in the SEC championship. Michigan has to beat Iowa. Cincinnati has to beat Houston. Oklahoma State has to beat Baylor, and Utah has to beat Oregon, and that's for them to have a chance. So that's that's kind of an interesting pick that they pick Alabama to beat Georgia. I mean, why do you say that is? This isn't me. I was reading an article that literally laid it out, and it said Oklahoma State has to miss the playoff in order for. Uh, BYU to get in because if Oklahoma State gets in, Baylor gets that automatic spot for the Big 12 leaving uh, making it so that they don't drop below BYU even if they lose. So if Alabama beats Georgia, Alabama will be in the playoff. So then Oklahoma State probably doesn't jump into the playoff unless they jump Cincinnati. So that puts them uh, 
that puts Baylor below BYU and gives BYU an opportunity in. So then me personally, I don't like Alabama, so I kind of want them to lose, but it's hard because I like BYU and I want them to have a New Year's Six Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I, I mean, thinking about it more like getting a visual, I mean, I can see that as a big factor because, I mean, if Alabama beats Georgia, then, you know, basically consensus is the top four teams are going to stay the same because then you're going to have Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, and Cincinnati. And so that could open the window for BYU. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat with you, Clint. I don't really care for Alabama. Um, certainly I like to see a fresh new teams. I mean, I sent you guys a picture the other day where you have the possibility of having um, Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma state and Michigan in the top four, which I think would be pretty cool. And I think it'd be good for the comfortable playoffs because you're going to have a majority of teams that haven't been there. Um, I mean, how's there any additional thoughts on that? I mean, we still got to like, put into the factor like if Oklahoma State beats Baylor and beats beats them well and Cincinnati struggles maybe with Houston it doesn't win there's that possibility of Oklahoma State just jumping them and getting that final spot no matter what if Alabama wins or lose i think the only thing since really Cincinnati has needs two things they need to win and they need Alabama to lose to basically guarantee their spot in the college playoffs. Um, if they win and Alabama wins, I I would make the argument that Oklahoma State deserves it over uh, Cincinnati. And I, I know they're 12-0 and they beat a Notre Dame that's 11-1, but Notre Dame is just not that good. They almost lost to Florida State. <laughs> they beat them in overtime. like it, And they almost lost, was it Toledo? Yeah, they beat Toledo by three. Like, they're just not that great of a team. Their coach even knows it. He <laughs> left for LSU, and the season's not even over. So, What was it, like an 18-minute talk or an eight-minute talk he gave, and then he just dipped? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they're just ranked that high because of their past seasons, which is unfortunate, but they're 11-1 for a reason, and we respect that. I'm just glad Oklahoma State jumped them. Oh, like that shows the committee is like if OSU wins against Baylor and then the right things happen, they're going to be in the playoff. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State, if they just win, they're in the playoffs. I think they have a harder schedule. They've shown us they be in great teams. They beat Baylor. They'll beat them twice if they win. They beat um, Oklahoma. Like they've beaten some really good teams. And Baylor's without their starting quarterback. So there's that factor, too. One one thing I want to add, too, is I think I think our general consensus is it's very highly unlikely that BYU will get to the New Year's Six Bowl just because a lot of things do need to happen. I think their best opportunity would have came from games last week because I think if some of these teams are going to name off that would have lost, I think BYU would have had a better shot. I think if Baylor would have lost to Texas Tech, which that was a close game, if Michigan State would have lost to Penn State, if Ole Miss would have lost to Mississippi State, and I think if Ohio State would have beat Michigan, I think their chances are extremely higher just because those teams would have dropped 
um, down below too. I mean, Hauser, it seems like you're, you have some disagreements, but I just think, I think overall, I think if those factors would have happened, they would have had a better shot at getting in regardless of any of the champion, like championship games, if things would have taken place that last week. Yeah. It made it a very slim chance. And all the, now this week, everything has to go right. And I'm actually okay if it doesn't because BYU had a great season and I'd like to see new people in the playoff and Alabama not have a chance to win the national championship because I, they don't need to win anymore. So, uh, but if BYU, if everything happens the way it does and BYU gets in, I'll be happy. But uh, hopefully it just happens to where we can get that new you know, Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State. That would be just kind of a fresh new thing. The only team out of those that have been in would be Georgia that's been there. So, but, but hey, Michigan did beat Ohio State. So, Jim Harbaugh finally broke through. So, but then they still, they still got to go win against Iowa. So, and that's another one that BYU needs to have happen because Iowa is right behind them. So. Yeah, certainly. A lot of things certainly need to happen. I mean, how's there any additional thoughts? I don't know. I mean, I I don't see Alabama beating Georgia. Georgia would have to have a really terrible game. Like, I don't. Alabama should have lost the last game. It was terrible time management. Um, they should have lost the Iron Bowl. And I, I just Alabama is not as good as they used to be. So it'll be interesting. I think BYU. Yeah, there's that one article that says this is exactly what has to happen. I I almost want to disagree because I feel like there I can see different possibilities with like if Oregon loses, um, loses Baylor loses, and but go ahead. Sorry, no, no, go ahead. The the reason that and I I looked into this to figure that out. Like the reason that it's that way is there's only four at-large bids, right? Right. The ACC champion is going to be one of those, like, no matter what. Like, for, they, they have a bid in, but they don't have a specific bowl they go to. So they're going to be one of those, right? The Big 12 champion or co-champion, if the Big 12 champion gets into the playoff, will play against the SEC champion or co-champion. So there's only three open spots pretty much right and so those spots will go to notre dame michigan state and ole miss so that's why those things have to happen that way where oklahoma state doesn't make the playoff because and i agree with you hauser they have a case to get in even if alabama loses but this that's what has to happen in order for the committee even to like consider okay be right but one thing that helps them is baylor did drop one spot in the standings this week so that that shows that they could but byu could jump could jump baylor and jump into the top 10 and still not get an ny6 bowl because of the acc champion big 12 co-champion thing so right anyway which i think is ridiculous but that's a whole nother topic to you know get to yeah, I mean, I just kind of want to get your guys' quick thoughts. Final NCAA football topic is, um, I mean, we have a repeat of past Pac-12 championship. We have Oregon and Utah. Um, a rematch of what was 
Oregon's demise in Salt Lake City a few weeks ago. Certainly a beatdown um, on their end. And also, I read something that Oregon defensively is also diminished as far as injuries. Their their top defensive player, who is projected to be the number one pick, um, um, everyone other than him is just out with injuries. So their defense is not going to be there. Um, just your quick thoughts. I mean, first impressions on this Pac-12 championship, but what do you think is going to happen? I think, first of all, Oregon isn't going to come and just sit around like they did last time. Uh, I think they're going to come back with a vengeance. I mean, it's in Vegas. I think there'll be a lot of Utah fans there. Uh, and it'll be a close game. But the the youths, I, I see a, you know, a very potential, you know, they've been playing really well. And so I, I can see them winning this game. But I think it's not going to be as easy as it was in Salt Lake City. And so they're going to have to fight a little harder to get this win. So uh, the one thing that would suck about Utah winning and going to the Rose Bowl is if BYU didn't get in a a New York Six Bowl and Utah does, it'd be like, what the heck? But, you know, but I I think, you know, it's going to be a good game. And I think Oregon's going to play a lot better um, than they did in Salt Lake City. So. Utah's going to have to play their A game, I think, to beat Oregon this time. Yeah, I mean, I I always say, like, you can't beat a good team. Like, it's hard to beat a good team twice, which I still stand by it. It's difficult because usually the team that wins doesn't adjust as much as the team that loses. I don't see Utah doing that this time. They've had multiple opportunities to win the Pac-12 championship against Oregon. And they've been honestly obliterated. <laughs> like They have been destroyed. And I don't, I don't see them coming out this time. There's a different um, mojo about Utah. There's more passion. I mean, they have, I mean, not to feed off two dead people, but they kind of have a, a bigger reason. There's a deeper reasoning for them to win the Pac-12. This year, and I think they're just they're going to go off of that, and I think they're going to show Oregon that Utah deserves the Pac-12 championship, and they're going to win the Pac-12 championship. So this also I, go ahead and know this here, Josh. This all this also cements Kyle Winningham's legacy because when they moved to the Pac-12, you know, years ago, I mean, their goal was to win a Pac-12 championship, and they yet to do so. And I think there's a lot of writing on, especially Kyle Whittingham's career. I mean, he's still a great coach, one of the greatest college football coaches um, out there for sure. But I think this win particularly can cement his legacy. And um, and so I think this is huge for them. And I think they'll make the adjustments necessary because they'll go in the mindset of, we're going to make adjustments. We have to make adjustments. Clint, you're going to say something? Oh, I was just going to ask Kowser how he'd feel as a BYU fan if, after the season BYU's had, if, you know, B, uh, Utah's playing in the Rose Bowl and U, BYU's playing in the Independence Bowl. Uh, I mean, it, it's a tough pill to swallow, but really, I mean, BYU kind of put themselves in the situation going independent and Utah going to Pac-12, like, you have that automatic bid of being the champion and I think BYU realized that a little too late. And I think this just solidifies, like, 
their decision to join the Big 12 for them because if Utah gets in and they don't, they're like, well, we beat Utah. Granted, you beat a Utah team that's still trying to like identify themselves, and I think it, the game would be a lot closer, maybe even different if they played now, but um, I don't know. I Good for Utah if they win. They deserve it if they win. Yeah, I agree. I think it would be a totally different game if they would play now. Uh, but I think BYU also shot themselves in the foot by losing to Boise State. So, you know, you don't have that loss. And the only loss you have is Baylor. I think you're into the New York Six. But Yeah, and so uh, certainly a lot of what-ifs, but I think BYU going to Big 12 can change things. But now it's going to the NFL, which um, Clint was certainly happy about. Um, today when Taysom Hill uh, was made the starter and certainly, you know, gives the Saints kind of a little bit of hope there. As of right now, they're uh, barely losing to the Cowboys by three in the third quarter. But I think it just goes to show that Taysom Hill brings that different energy um, just to keep things going along. I mean, just from seeing highlights of recent of the game today, I mean, what's been your thoughts on Taysom Hill? First off, it's about dang time. They waited four games with Trevor, however you say his last name, and they finally were like, oh, we better go with the guy that we just paid millions of dollars to. Uh, We had this discussion in the very first episode about him and uh, Winston, and Winston obviously came out and proved that they made the right choice there. But with Winston out, you know, and – Hill was out and a guy came in and helped him beat the Buccaneers. You know, it's like, I see why they were giving him a chance, but I think they gave him one too many chances. And then right the first of the game, like a couple drives in, Hill hurt his finger and I was like, crap, you know, Simeon was over there warming up and I was like, oh no, there goes that. But he's actually, uh, I've been pretty impressed so far with the way he's been playing. Uh, He's right this very minute. He's 14 of 27, 151 yards, one touchdown and one interception. But uh, he's also carried it six times for 54 yards, and no one else is even close to him in rushing yards. So right now it's a close game, 13-10, and the Saints are extremely shorthanded tonight. So uh, we'll see how if he keeps playing well, but... I'm excited that he's finally getting a chance, and I think the Saints really need this win in order to have a chance to make the playoffs. They have a pretty easy schedule to finish after the uh, the they play the Jets next week, and then the Buccaneers, and then I can't remember exactly how their schedule goes, but it's a little easier schedule. So if they can get this win, it could be could pump them up to get to the playoffs, and so. As long as Taysom doesn't get himself hurt and Zach doesn't hurt himself this week, we're going to have a BYU versus BYU quarterback matchup next week, so that'll be fun. But we can talk about that next week. I mean, yeah, I I agree that Taysom needed to be starting and be utilized more. Um, he, he's okay. He's doing okay. Not great. Not terrible. Uh, I feel like... The difference between him and uh, Simeon um, is there's a different, I feel like, vibe or a different, like, attitude on the field. And I feel like he can bring that attitude. And that's why the Saints keep signing him, because he can bring the energy that's needed for the Saints 
to compete. It's hard. It's hard going from a Hall of Famer like Drew Brees to finding another franchise quarterback. I think that takes time, and I don't think they still they haven't found their franchise quarterback. I think eventually they will, but it's going to be a few years. Um, I don't know. I I hope he wins, and I hope he shows them why he deserves this multi million dollar contract and why he should be starting. But It'll be interesting. It is the Cowboys. We are starting to see them spiral down. <laughs> I, I like I said, Cowboys are always going to dip. They go what eight and seven this year, or seventeen games. So like, I, I, I think they go nine and eight. So, but we'll see. Yeah, the Cowboys got them with two more wins. How's there? Only two more wins. I, I have to. I mean, they're in the worst division. In the league, like, and they're gonna win against at least the what the Giants. They play a couple more times. They play the Eagles. Like, they'll get at least two more wins. Yeah, and as a nine and eight team, make it to the playoffs because they're the top in their division. Right. Yeah, they're all they're always an accident waiting to happen. So I'm certainly excited for Taysom Hill to see what he's made of and to prove the the Saints wrong, but um, transitioning to both mine and Hauser's team, uh, the 49ers and the Seahawks. I mean, like I said in the past podcasts, like the 49ers have been proving me wrong. They've won three straight. Um, and so they, they put themselves back in the playoff picture. I mean, they're sick. They're in the sixth seed. Um, so, I mean, if, the, if it stays the same, then they play the Buccaneers, which I wouldn't be looking forward to that. I certainly wouldn't want to play against Tom Brady in the playoffs, but, um, but I've certainly seen some, some hope in the 49ers. There's that energy that they've been waiting on. Um, certainly these next two games in particular are going to be important. Um, the 49ers are going to Seattle, um, and then they go at Cincinnati, um, which, I mean, I'll be honest with the Seahawks and their loss yesterday. There's going to be a fire in them. I mean, Hauser still is differently how he's felt about his Seahawks, but I still certainly don't want to overlook the Seahawks. Because I mean, Russell Wilson almost brought them back from the game last this past um, Monday, but um, this is going to be certainly be a test for the 49ers for sure, playing against the Seahawks and the Bengals, both away games. Um, and so I I'm optimistic, um, but certainly with Fred Warner being out as linebacker, this he could be out one to two weeks. That hurts them too. So fingers crossed that they keep going forward. Uh, I I don't know my Seahawks man. I I think this this is the game. I I know Russell Wilson hasn't looked great, and he's played in the last three games, and they've lost all three. And granted, I mean you lose your you hurt your finger as bad as he did. You're going to just there's going to be some um, kind of fear of doing it again, especially when there's pressure and you broke it with throwing it and hitting someone's helmet. Like I get that. And it is that middle finger that he broke is like one of the most crucial um, feelings that you have. And it's the finger that you use. And that's like, it's the last finger to touch the ball. So I understand why he's having the difficulty throwing the ball and the frustration. And I think 
I think I see him being frustrated, and it was nice to actually see him lead a drive down the field and score. The reason I think this is the make or break it for Russell Wilson this next game is it's a rivalry game. There's been, you know, bad blood uh, between the 49ers and Seahawks for as long as I can remember. If Russell Wilson comes out and looks like he's just miserable like he has been the past few games and doesn't do well and looks terrible, I think that's it for Russ. And I, you know, it's hurts me to say is I think we need to move on from him if he's not going to play like he was. Where's the magic? You don't see it anymore. And I think we can get some good young talent in and some a fresh start. But I don't know. Yeah. I, let's le- wait till this next game. <laughs> and we'll see. I, I think I think with a head scratcher for me specifically, I mean, I watched the game Monday. Russell didn't really throw to Metcalf at all, which kind of surprised me because you have a receiver like him. You want to try to give him the ball as much as possible. I feel like him and the the Washington Red uh, football team almost called them by the other team, but um, there's a mismatch there. So I think it was kind of surprising um, to kind of see him not throw to him that much until like late in the game. You were going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, you know, the Seahawks this year, they're not going to make the playoffs. Like they're they're three and eight, and I don't know how high, like. What I would not have expect did not expect at this point in the season the Jets and the Seahawks to have the same record. Like, the, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Like when when I started the my Jets fandom this year, I was like, I'm expecting three or four wins, if that. You know, they've got three wins right now, and actually have a couple games they could win. You know, in the next few games, so it's like I didn't expect that, and so. But the Seahawks, you know, they're, I think they're out of the playoff race. But, hey, they have a chance to knock the 49ers back from their stepping up to the there, too. So we'll see what happens this week. It's, you know, you know what happened the first time. One of their wins is against the 49ers. So yeah, which I, we'll see what happens. which I feel like in the past matchups, it's not, like, consistent. But at least the times that, I mean, how's it going to test this, too? But the times that we play each other, most of the time it's either it's most of the time it's like we win one and then they win one. Like there's sometimes where we both win both games or the other team wins the other games. But for the most that I've seen, it's they win one and we win one. And so, but like I said, it's, it's certainly a big matchup for the 49ers because they're now in the, they're now in a playoff position and winning these two games is going to be critical for them. And I think, um, What's also inconvenient for the Seahawks is I looked and because of the Jamal Adams trade, the Jets now have the Seattle's pick. And so now they're picking back to back in the draft. So certainly unfortunate for the Seahawks not to get that first round pick, but we've seen talent come from second, third, fourth round picks. So, but overall, I'm just excited. The Jets, the Jets better not mess up the draft. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, might as well just go with two offensive linemen just to protect Zach Wilson. <laughs> Heaven forbid if they, I mean, if they pick an offensive line, but they pick something else, or let alone they just don't pick an offensive lineman at all. I just have to look at the organization, and be like, what is going on up there? Like, what made them decide to 
pick like say a receiver, another defensive player. I think the most important thing is an offensive line, but that's another topic for another time. Or, or running back. I'm going to say, or running back. So or running pass back. rushing as much. So <laughs> yeah, that too. And so we'll certainly see that when it comes draft day next year. I've also real quick. I've also heard that the jets might be going after Melvin Gordon as a running back. I'm like, that's not a bad pickup that they, they get him because he's a free agent this summer. He, so. he, in my opinion, I mean, you guys can kind of give your quick take, but he hasn't been the same since he uh, left college. Um, I mean, him as an NFL player, we've seen like, we've seen like, um, at least for me, I've seen light of his talent that he was in college. But I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I'm just thinking it different. Maybe I'm overthinking it. But he just hasn't been the same since he got out of college. He hasn't been that dynamic running back since he left college. Did you just like not watch him when he was with the Chargers? I, I I'm trying to figure out where that disconnect is. I agree. Now, when he's been with the Broncos, he's been not the same after he had his injuries and all that problems. Maybe but that's when, what it was. I. Yeah, because I honestly don't really remember him as a Charger briefly, so that's probably why. I mean, he was unstoppable as a Charger. He's catching, passing, uh, not passing, running. <laughs> I mean, he was doing it all. Granted, you had Philip Rivers, which was great, but yeah, he was awesome for the Chargers. And um, ever since he got the injury and kind of that issue with like contracts, he just hasn't been the same. Maybe he just needs to find the right organization, but I don't know. Running backs yeah, don't have a long life in the NFL. No, they don't really. Um, transitioning from the NFL to now the NBA, uh, we'll talk about our our two teams here. We got my Lakers and the Jazz. My Lakers, we won two straight. Good sign there. Hopefully, we can keep it up. I mean, I'm. I'm. Yes, they came back from behind, but. The, from the Kings, I mean the Kings of the Kings, they they have talent there, but I mean they're they're meh right now. Um, but I mean it, it was good to see them win two straight. Um, certainly some um, hopes there. There's a lot of controversy with people thinking about LeBron coming back too soon. I don't know the whole story of what this what decision making they went behind him coming back three days after being on protocol. Um, I don't really know the whole story there, but um, to me personally, they're starting some to see some light into who they are. Um, I mean, it's not going to be an instantaneous light switch. They're slowly starting to figure it out, which is a good sign to see. Which I mean, I Hauser, you've protected my Lakers, saying give them time. Which I'll give, them, I'll give them time. I mean, it's I rather have it done sooner rather than later. But I'm maybe I'm impatient, but um, I'm certainly excited to see them you know playing the way they should be playing um especially this stretch is going to be important because they're going to be playing against the clippers um this week and then they don't play for um another trying to look at their schedule here they don't play till tuesday against the lakers the grizzlies and then back to the thunder magic mavericks so um certainly it's going to be a mixed few games here and there for the rest of the december so I think this month in particular will certainly give us a better picture of where things are going to be in the next upcoming, you know, months. Um, I mean, I should be more optimistic, but 
seeing them win the two straight and seeing them, you know, kind of stick with it, being in that playoff picture, certainly a good sight to see. And now, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I think, you know, the Lakers, they're just off and on. That's what they are this year. They're off and on. They play really good against good teams and beat them. They play really good against not, I mean, play not good against good, uh, bad teams and either barely beat them or get beat by them. They got lucky a couple weeks ago against Detroit. Uh, they are, I'll admit they are, you know, looking better. I haven't watched any other games, but from the highlights and stuff, they are looking better. Uh, but if you look at the standings right now in the NBA, it's kind of crazy because you've got Phoenix and Golden State up at 18 and 3, then you got the Jazz at 14 and 7. Dallas is at 11 and 9, and then there's the log jam down there that's Memphis at 12 and 10, LA at the Lakers at 12 and 11, the Clippers at 11 and 11, Portland at 11 and 11, Minnesota at 11 and 11, Denver at 10 and 11. It's just like a log jam down there at the bottom. And you know, right now I'm not too worried about uh, the Jazz if they can keep playing decent. They're gonna they they've got a lock in on that third spot. You know, I have a lot of games left to play. But after the Jazz lost the Pelicans the other night, and then they played the Pelicans again the next night uh, and destroyed them, they've they've looked a lot better against them. They've looked better against Portland. So I I feel pretty confident about the Jazz going forward. Uh, they played Celtics tomorrow night. And then they play in Cleveland on Sunday. How's this going to be there? Uh, go watch our Jazz play. I'm going to be, be the, the be the only, only Jazz fan there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean one yeah. one thing. And you guys, you guys. Sorry, let me say one more thing. You guys, uh, out of all of the three of us, you're going to have both been to Jazz games this year, and I have not. So you know, you got to get on it, Clint. One thing I will say is, I mean, Hauser, you can add this thought too, but since since the beginning of November, the Jazz have kind of been on and off. I mean, lost to the Heat beginning, starting at the beginning of November, then you lost to the Magic, you beat the Hawks, you lost against the Pacers, you lost against the Heat. Um, and then down and down as the months go on, um, it's sort of still half and half. So, I mean, Clint, you said you're not worried. Um, but Hauser, I mean, just what are your thoughts about the Lakers and the Jazz so far? I mean, it's all I have to say is it's the Jazz, and the reason I say that is because they're going, they are going to always have those games where you're like, what the heck? Like they lose to Orlando, they lose to New Orleans, which fine, whatever. <laughs> if you're going to lose a game, that's fine because. Those are ones that don't tiebreakers don't really matter as much. The way we lost that game was ridiculous, though. Right, the New Orleans one. I agree. <laughs> I definitely agree. Um, that, that's just the Jazz. I mean, the Jazz always have to go into every game thinking they're playing, you know, five versus eight <laughs> with the refs on the other side. It, it's just that's who the Jazz are, and that's kind of like how they've always been. Um. But I mean, they they're beating good teams. They are losing a few, and you can't win them all. Like, you just can't win them all, and that's okay. Like, if they're fourteen and seven, they're they're still you know third place. 
They just need a good seating. If they get home field, home field, home court, you can tell I'm thinking football. They have home court for at least the first round, maybe the second. I'm okay with that. I think the Jazz are figuring things out. And with Rudy Gay coming in, I think that's another spark. So I'm not worried with them, even though they have split the games here in November. So what? I mean, look at the Lakers. They're not doing too well. They're they're barely over 500. Um, they still have LeBron. I don't think I agree with him coming back on Friday just because it's against their protocol. But whatever. I don't write the rules. Um, but I think it's LA still concerning more than the Jazz. And it's because they haven't found their groove yet. Yeah. And Hauser was saying, you know, you can't win them all. And we can't all be the Phoenix Suns and win 17 games in a row. I mean, what the heck's going on there? Yeah, one one last question talking about the NBA. Are you guys more worried about meeting the Suns in the playoffs or meeting with the Warriors in the playoffs just by how things are going? I would personally right now say the Suns. They're more of a complete team. But with Clay Thompson back on the Warriors, that's a whole other story. If he's healthy and playing better than he did, even than he did beforehand, then the Warriors are scary too. So I think they're both scary. But right now, I would say it's the Suns because the Suns are just playing great basketball, and they've had a couple close ones they've got away with. They're going to lose one eventually, whether it's tomorrow night against the Warriors, tonight against the Pistons. I, like you never know. Like they're not going to just win every game from here on out. Because no one, no one does that, you know. Uh, he, I mean, the Heat won what? How many? Like thirty-three in a row or something? Two years ago, mm-hmm. like that's pretty crazy, you know. And the Suns aren't that far off of that, but they're going to lose eventually, you know. And I think it's going to be Suns, Warriors, Jazz up at the top three. I don't know where it's going to be, but I think that's how it's going to be at the end of the season. I mean, you look at this like. I I feel like Utah matches up better against the Suns. Um, Steph Curry <laughs> is just a scary man. Like that guy, if he keeps going the way he is, he's MVP of the season. Like, and when Steph Curry is on, which is pretty often, he's on, and there's no way you can stop him. I feel like, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's defense has gotten better, but I feel like our defense lacks perimeter defense. That's where we struggle the most. Not the inside, but perimeter. We saw that versus the Clippers. And I think Golden State has a better perimeter shooting than Phoenix. So I would be more afraid of Golden State. Yeah, you give Steph Curry even an inch of daylight, he's going to shoot that. Yeah, I think the Jazz are lucky that Memphis beat them last year and we didn't have to play them in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. So, um, certainly some exciting stuff about basketball. Um, December is going to be a huge matchup for both our teams. We'll see come the end of this month. Um, now transitioning to our final topic of the of the evening before we go into the pickums is college basketball. Some of the top stories are um, BYU losing to UVU. Um, yesterday, that was that was a big below on BYU's, BYU's part and also the fact of them moving Gavin Baxter is huge. He he's a player that can make his own shot and they certainly missed that and 
for me personally, looking back at the game, it's, um, I mean, UVU's defense showed up. Like they, as I was watching the game, they were physical against BYU and they didn't allow them to get a shot. And I mean, when you shoot, I mean, also when you shoot five for 25, the final eight minutes of the game, that's not a recipe for victory. I mean, if BYU would have came out with that win, I would have been shocked. I'd be like, okay, how do they, how the heck did they came out with that win? But fortunately they didn't. And so, um, so the fact that they went to overtime, I like, it was 54 51 with like 15 seconds left or something like, and then Johnson goes to the line with a chance to tie the game, misses both free throws. They get, the, they get, they knock it off UVU and then, uh, Spencer Johnson, I think I said the wrong name. Spencer Johnson then lays it in and sends it to overtime. Uh, and then in overtime, UVU just had all the momentum. And that's the biggest crowd I've ever seen in the UCCC, uh, UCCU Center. Uh, I've went When I was going to UVU, I went to a couple games there, and there was, like, nobody there. And that place was packed. They even had shirts. They gave free shirts out to everyone. Like, that doesn't happen at college games. And so, and I don't – I saw something pop up the other day. That's the first time UVU's ever beat a ranked team on their their home court. So good for UVU. I had to, I was wearing my UVU uh, jacket today because I was like, I'm a BYU fan, but I went to UVU for a bit, so I can support them for a minute. Uh, there's a BYU has. I mean, UVU has a, a guy named Connor Harding on their team that played for BYU for the last two years. His wife Paisley plays for BYU's girls team. And so it's kind of an interesting dynamic there. I saw a few things, uh, article about them and how they're, you know, making the going to two different colleges work and everything. And um, it's just interesting to see, you know, how much better UVU looks this year than last year. The last two years, they've only won 11 games. The two year, the year before that, they won 25 games when in Mark Pope's last year there. You know, like. It hasn't looked, hasn't been good there since Mark Pope left and took all his recruits with him to BYU. And so Mark Matson has done a great job at giving them a seven and one start this year. And I think they have a chance to win the WAC. So uh, I, I'm not concerned though with BYU. I mean, I am with you know they don't have Baxter. That's that's a big blow to the team. But Gideon George was out with a sickness last night. BYU is going to bounce back. They have a game on the road at Missouri State this weekend. And there's so many games to play. Yeah, they're going to drop in the rankings. They could even drop out. I don't know. I think it'll be close. Uh, they'll they'll drop down a ways. I think. If if um, if you look if you look at Oregon, they dropped out of the standings after BYU beat them, but they did beat them handily. So, but I mean, I I'm not concerned about BYU moving forward. They just got to shake this one off and. Go play basketball. I'll say one quick thing. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> That's what technology does here and there. But with how UVU is 7-1 and one and how well they've played so far, I don't think BYU would drop out of the rankings. I'd be shocked if they did. Um, but I just think I just think that win against Oregon, I think, helps them quite a bit. But how's your take? I think BYU is not dropping out of the rankings. They lost in overtime. To a seven and one team, yeah, it's UVU, not your big, you know, Power Five conference teams. But I mean, Oregon deserved to drop out of that 
uh, out of the rankings after they lost to BYU. It was embarrassing to see a team ranked so high lose by so much to an unranked team. And I think that's what made Oregon drop. And I mean, watching Oregon, they still shouldn't be ranked and they won't because they've lost a few more games. Um, yeah, they're like three and four or something. Yeah. So, I mean, they were overranked to begin with, and I think the committee saw that, and that's why they're out of the rankings. BYU is going to lose a few games. That's just, it's basketball. Um, it only takes one person to beat a team. Um, I think we're going to figure out who will step up to fill in for Baxter. I, I mean, it's still too early to tell how good they really are. They played, I mean, yeah, they played um, Oregon, but Oregon's not that great. I'm interested to see how they go against Gonzaga and how they match up with that to really get a better idea of how good BYU really is. Yeah, speaking. Yeah, and they have a few, sorry, they have a few tough games before that with uh, Utah State. Weber State is 7-0 right now. They've got Creighton on the road. They've got they've got and St. Mary's on the road. They've got some tough games before they play Gonzaga. Certainly a tough test to tell. One last question with, you know, top top teams, you know, dropping like flies after their losses. I mean, we we witnessed Duke losing to the Ohio State. Um, so they're they're gonna drop in the rankings. Not not a lot, but um they'll drop for sure. But um, I mean, this is what I like about college basketball because there's not to me personally, there's not one consensus team that you can look at the rankings and be like, okay, that team is for sure going to win the championship. I don't think that's the case this year. Um, I mean, people can say Gonzaga, but I mean, they looked and played against Duke and I mean, yeah, they played well, but I mean, Duke ended up winning, but I mean, looking at the rankings, I mean, do you guys agree? Is there, is there not one team that you feel like they're going to win the championship? I don't think this year there's a clear favorite. I mean, Duke looked really good against Gonzaga and then laid an egg against Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's a good team. Uh, I don't think there's a clear, like, you know, last year with Gonzaga, you could have put them in the championship game and felt good about it last year, you know, Uh, and they were there, you know. And so I don't think there's a one team that stands out as, ooh, you know, like I think Purdue's going to be number one once the new rankings come out. They look good, but they're going to probably lose some games this year too. Like, just like how uh, Josh said, you know, the ranking ranked teams are dropping like flies, you know, and that's the thing that's cool about the basketball, you know, how long the basketball season is teams, unranked teams will beat ranked teams throughout the season. The, the top 10, top 25 will shuffle a lot more than it does in football. So. Yeah. I mean, Last year, Baylor and Gonzaga were clearly the best teams, hands down, throughout the whole season. This year, uh, Gonzaga's still really good. I mean, yeah, they lose a game. So what? Let's see how they still play out. Like, it's still early. Like I said, basketball, it only takes one player to beat a team. Um, And so it really just depends on how kind of the cookie crumbles. I still, I still think Duke is a great basketball team, and I'm still kind of cheering for them with it being Coach K's last season and everything. I kind of want to see them win it. Um, but 
yeah, it's still early. Let's just wait. They've got March. the possible number one draft pick on their team too. So. Oh yeah, the guy that loses yeah like eight pounds every game of sweat after 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 the sweat and cramps and all that. <laughs> that's ins- that's insane. Yeah, so certainly a lot of college basketball left to play. Um, now let's talk about um, our favorite topics to to go over. Where it's the pick'em, so we'll go over the NFL, the NBA, and the NCAA KSL pick'em. So we'll go to the NFL first. So as the records stand right now, um, I'm leading the pack. Uh, the record of 35 and 25. Clint's not too far behind uh, with 33 and 27 record. Hauser's not behind Clint either with a 31 and 29 record. Um, And so looking at the games that we have um, right now, we have the Cowboys at the saints, which we decided the, our teams who were going to win before this recording. Um, And right now the Cowboys are winning by 10. So not looking that great for us, but who knows? Um, But we both, uh, I'm not going to say who who we decided, but I'll pick. I picked the Saints to win. Um, Clint Hauser, who did you have before picking? Uh, the Saints. So hopefully they come back and win. Yeah, the Saints as well. Uh, I still think the Cowboys will crumble. So we'll see. All right, we got a uh, we got our Sunday morning game. We have the Chargers at the Bengals. Um, I went back and forth with this one, but I just think off. Offensively, the Bengals um, are just clicking on all cylinders now. They've been hit and miss starting out in, um, but I think they're firing on all cylinders now. And so I have the Bengals winning this one against the Chargers. Yeah, I I agree. I think the Bengals are going to win. Um, the Bengals might actually win their first one of their – uh, first playoff games for quite a while. I know with Andy Dalton, they were great, and then they would never win the playoffs. So I, I'm rooting for the Bengals. Yeah, I've got the Bengals too. Uh, Justin Herbert's a good quarterback, and I think you know they're right on the cusp of you know possibly making the playoffs. But uh, I have the Bengals winning this as well. Cool. We got first two. We got sweeps. Uh, next game is a Sunday afternoon. We got my team and Hauser's team included in this. We had the 49ers. Wait one sec, Josh. Yeah. Wait one sec. Hauser, your 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 Dallas crumble has just started. Saints just intercepted Dak Prescott. So there you go. The crumble has begun. Um, we got my 49ers at Seattle this weekend. Um, certainly, I love watching the Seahawks and 49ers go at it. It's always a bloodbath. Um, I mean, with the foreigners and their momentum, I think this is a must win for them to kind of carry on the momentum. So I had the foreigners winning this one. I'm going to have to agree with you, Josh. Uh, I know the last time I picked the 49ers, it didn't go well. And so I'm doing this for the benefit of Hauser and his team. I'm choosing the 49ers. And if they win, I get it works out for me if they lose then it works out for Hauser. So assuming he doesn't go against his team again this week cuz he tried real hard to change his pick this week. I wouldn't let him and it actually helped him out, but he still felt bad that he picked against the Seahawks. But I'm choosing the 49ers. 
Well, I'll start off and say thank you, Clint, for choosing the 49ers because you are their curse. Um, I I did feel really guilty going against my Seahawks. Yeah, I guess I got the point, whatever. <laughs> I, I still feel terrible because it's my team and I still cheer for them every day. Um, I think the Seahawks will come out and play their heart out and beat the 49ers. Uh, my keeping my fingers crossed that Russ finds the magic again and becomes the elite quarterback that we need. And he'll show us that he wants to stay in Seattle, but uh, we'll see. Go Seahawks. All right. So we got our first two V one here. Next game is the Sunday night football game. We have the Broncos at the chiefs. This one's pretty easy for me. I mean, Broncos start off great four straight beginning and now they're not looking as great, so I had the Chiefs winning. Yeah, the Chiefs haven't looked good really either, but they're going to make the playoffs and then probably make a run in the playoffs. It's just how it is. Uh, so I have the Chiefs winning this one. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are a great team. The Chiefs are you know, actually stepping up. They beat the Cowboys you know, a couple Monday nights ago against um, – they're just a winning team. It's really hard to go against them. But this week, I am going against them. I have the Broncos beating the Chiefs. Oh, boy. An upset upset <laughs> an arrowhead. Upset alert. All right. Um, then the final game is the Monday Night Football game. This is the big AFC East division. Um, this can make or break who wins a division or not, in my opinion. We have the Patriots. At Buffalo, um, so Buffalo's found their groove certainly for sure with uh, their uh, sounding win against the Saints. They certainly bounced back with a loss against the Colts, but the Patriots aren't doing too bad either. I honestly went back and forth on this. Um, I'm I'm going with the team that has more momentum at this point. I think the Patriots have more momentum than the Bills at this point. Um, so I actually have the Patriots winning this one against the Bills. I disagree. I think the Patriots have always been the thorn in the Bills' side, and they no longer have Tom Brady, who was the real thorn in their side. Mac Jones is a good is a good quarterback, and he's going to be great and probably bring a couple of titles to the Patriots. I wouldn't be surprised. But I think it's the Bills' year. I still think Hauser's guarantee is going to show up at the end, and I think the Bills are going to go to the Super Bowl, hoping for it. So I have the Bills winning, especially since it's in Buffalo. I mean, Clint said everything that I was going to say, so I just echo his what he said. I think the Bills are just going to—they're going to make the Super Bowl, and they're going to show us why they're a good team. They've had some struggles, and I think they're going to beat the Patriots. Uh, this Monday night coming up. All right. So there's our picks for the NFL. Now we're moving on to the NBA. Um, going over records for the NBA. Um, just pulling them up here. So Houser's in the lead. He's the NBA um, expert still <laughs> <laughs> at 19 and 11. I've been a, me and Clint are tied. I've been able to catch up. So slowly but surely, both me and Clint are tied at 15 and 15. So to get started with our picks, so first we got 
Um, I just lost it. There we go. I we got the um the Celtics and the Jazz. So Celtics at Salt Lake City. Um, with with the Celtics the way they are. Um, I mean, I have the Jazz winning. I mean, they're in Salt Lake City. So I will pick the Jazz in this one. Oh gosh. Clint, you can't this you can't hard, choose the jazz. Guys. You can't choose the jazz, Clint. This is hard. Uh I, I really thought we were gonna break that curse a couple weeks ago and it did not happen. Uh I love my jazz so much that I'm gonna have to pick against them so they will win. So I'm picking the Celtics. Alright, then I'm picking the Jazz. I mean I'm just gonna go against what Clint chose because hey, it's been working for me. So go jazz. We got we gotta stop putting them on the on the pick. <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> I liked last week when you didn't put them on the pick 'em. Because if you would have done the Pelicans game, I probably would have chose them and then they would have lost and the curse would have continued. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. So next we got the Suns at the Warriors. Um again. And so um I mean, the Suns beat the Warriors in this in this matchup, um, but I think the Warriors will come out and um, will certainly come out with a vengeance. Um, and so, I have the Warriors this one. I think the Warriors will snap the Suns' streak. I agree. Uh, no Devin Booker, so I Warriors are going to win this one. They, there was a close, tight game until late. In the last one, so, and this is at the Warriors, so I think I think the Warriors are going to win. Go Warriors, go Steph Curry. All right. So next we got my Lakers versus the Clippers. Um, so this is certainly always a fun matchup to see the battle of the LA teams. Um. And so with the Clippers sort of picking up their game without Kawhi Leonard, um, same with the Lakers, they're starting to piece it all together. But I think they'll still ride on this momentum. I have the Lakers beating the Clippers in this matchup. I um, I, I always mistaken up for your Lakers and... I, I stick up for your Lakers. I think they're a good team. They have good players. I just think the Clippers are going to win them, uh, win this game against the Lakers and be the better LA team. <laughs> so go Clips. I'm, I hate the Lakers, man. I do, but the Clippers haven't looked good recently. The Lakers don't look good either, but if LeBron's playing and AD's playing, I think the Lakers are going to win. So for the sake of hopefully my record, I'm choosing the Lakers. But if anything goes to how it's been going, this will make it so the Lakers lose. So I was wondering if, if Clint Hauser, you're going to pick the Lakers just because of the, of the playoff nightmare that you guys win this last year. We don't need to bring that up in detail again, but um... don't stop it. Stop it. I hate both the Lakers and the Clippers. <laughs> um, next, we got the Bulls and the Nets. 
Um, I'm I'm surprised the Nets are picking it up without Kyrie. Um, I mean, the Bulls are also a more complete team. Um, this is a tough one for me. Um, you have two of the best scores on one team, and you have a more complete team on the other. Um, but I think defensively, it's going to be battle defensive for defensive. For, yeah, I cannot even speak defenses for sure. So with that being said, I actually had the Bulls winning this one. I agree. I mean, the Nets are at the top of the standings in the East. Uh, But I don't think they're this amazing team. They're there because Kevin Durant is an amazing player. You know, they've had all these issues with Kyrie and they're still there. They're still talking about them trading Kyrie, which would probably be a great move for them, especially since they're, he's not playing. And they're at the top of the standings without him. Looks like Uh, Harden is not playing. Technical difficulties. Glenn, you back? I see you moving. You lost me? Yeah, we did. Yeah, you like froze first. You like froze. Oh. <laughs> like a Sorry, I was second. like, am I gone? Uh, You're still good. I don't All I was saying is I think the Nets are a good team. They're going to be right there. Kevin Durant has a chance to take them, finally take a team somewhere without all this help because Harden's not even playing that well. But I think the Nets would do good to trade Kyrie and bring in some help there. But that being said, the Bulls are a more complete team, like Josh said, and I have the Bulls winning. The last time these teams played, the Bulls beat the Nets. And I, the Bulls look like a great team. I don't think the Bulls beat the Nets this time. I think the Nets will show us why they're the number one team in the East during this game and show us why they deserve to be the number one. Um, so I have the Nets winning. All right. Last last pick for the NBA, we have the Bucks and the Cavs. Um, I think the Bucks the Bucks have found their groove. Um, also, Boogie Boogie Cousins is going rain chasing again. He signed with the Bucks recently. <laughs> Um, and so, but all that aside, um, the Cavs have been hit and miss. They start off pretty good in the beginning, but now since then they've been hit and miss. Um, I think the Bucks will win this one. I think Giannis and his team will be too much for the Cavs. Cavs are a good team. Uh, they've had some close games this year. They've been, uh, back and forth, uh, the Bucks were on an eight-game winning streak before losing to Toronto tonight. The Bucks are, I think they're they're back in their group. They're playing well, uh, even without Lopez, who just is going to have surgery or something. I heard today, so he's out for a while. Uh, but I have the Bucks winning this one in at home against Cavs. Um. Yeah, I I agree. I think the Bucks are going to win. The Cavs are coming off, uh, you know, doubleheader back to back games. They're playing the Jazz the the day before in Cleveland, and then they have to travel to Milwaukee, which isn't too far. But I think Milwaukee with uh, Antetokounmpo coming back, hopefully from his injury, will come back and win. So go Milwaukee. 
All right, that's it for NBA. Now we transition to our KSL Pick'em. Um, if for those of you who don't know, or those who you new are listening, uh, we go through KSL.com Pick'em each week. We pick five games and we make our choice um, based on who's going to win. So as the record stand right now, Clint's still in the lead. He's the NCAA expert. Um, me and Hauser are tied, and so um, we'll see how this week goes. So the first game that we have is my inklings, man. I'm three and zero. I I switched to Michigan. Your inkling on the podcast last week, <laughs> and I went five and zero last week. All right, we'll see if any inklings continue to get you that momentum. So the first game that we got um, is the Pac-12 championship. We got Oregon and Utah. I'll start us off. Um, this is Utah's. Um, I think this is Utah's year. Um, all the talk of Pac-12 championship hopes. This is the year to do it. I mean, they have the team to do it. Um, and so I have, um, I have the Utes winning this one, twenty-eight to twenty-four. Um, it's still difficult, you know, beat a team twice. Um, but like I said before, I think the Utes have a deeper better reason to win the Pac-12 this year due to the uh, losses they've had. So I have the Utes beating Oregon again in a lot closer game, 31-28. So when we talked about this earlier this year, Josh was like he would rather have them lose at home to Oregon than beat them in the Pac-12 championship game. Well, I think it's going to flip this time. And I have a big enough lead on you guys that I'm going to give you a chance if Oregon loses. And I'm going to choose Oregon to win this game, 31-21. All right. Next game we got is the Big 12 Championship. We have Oklahoma State and Baylor. Um, This is an opportunity for Oklahoma State to get into the comfortable playoffs. If they... If they want to be a part of that, they have to win soundly. And I think they'll do that. They'll take this opportunity and run with it. I have Oklahoma State winning big, 35-13. to 13. Yeah, there's going to be an OSU in the college football playoff, but it's not going to be Ohio State, the Ohio State. It's going to be Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's going to run over them by a couple touchdowns, 35-21. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State's defense is just... Well, then I think I'm mute. Oh, no, there we go. We're not mute. Oklahoma State's defense is just too good for Baylor, and the Baylor not having their starting quarterback, I just think um, Oklahoma State's just going to beat them soundly. I have them winning 35-24. All right, next game we got is the Mountain West Championship. We got... The we have the team in Logan, Utah State, and then we have San Diego State playing the Mount West Championship. Utah State's had a pretty good year, but I think that comes to an end with this matchup. I think San Diego State will be it'll be a close game, but I think in the end San Diego State will come out. I have them winning twenty eight to twenty one. Yeah, I have to agree. Utah State's been good this year. I would love to see him win, and if they win, that's great. Uh, but I think San Diego State's been the better team, and they're going to win this game uh, by a touchdown, 21-14. Yeah, I have San Diego State winning this one. Uh, they're the better team. 
I have them winning. I don't know what score, so I did 26-17. The famous 26-17. Fourth game we got is the SEC championship game. We have Georgia and Alabama. Uh, the biggest, probably the biggest game in, of certainly Alabama's career. And um, in the past matchups that Georgia and Alabama played in, Alabama's won most of them. So this is the year that Georgia can rewrite the script. And I think they'll do it soundly because of their defense. Their defense is on a whole no level. I've never seen anything like it. And I've seen Alabama's defense. So I have Georgia winning against Alabama soundly 48-21. to 21. Dang. I have it a lot closer than that. I have Georgia winning, but I think Alabama is going to give them. I think Georgia is going to come in thinking they've got this a little bit too much, and Alabama is going to make it close 35 to 28 by a touchdown. I don't think Georgia's overlooking Alabama by any means because of the history. Um, I just want to throw out an interesting stat. Georgia's defense is only allowing 6.9 points per game. Uh, So I really think Georgia's going to beat them pretty well and pretty easily uh, 35-20. All right, and then the last game... We have the ACC championship game. We have Pitt and Wake Forest. Certainly two teams I never would have thought been in the, be in this position. Um, this is a toss-up for me, but looking at both teams, I think Pitt has the better defense and the better quarterback. I mean, Wake Forest is pretty – Wake Forest quarterback is pretty good, don't get me wrong, but I think Pitt's is just a little bit better. Um, so I actually have Pitt winning this one 31-27. I think uh, this has been one of the better seasons for Wake Forest they've had in a long time, and I think uh, the way they played this year, they deserve maybe uh, ACC gets a, a team into the NY6, which is dumb. But besides the fact that that happens, I think BYU deserves it more, but that's me. Uh, they deserve one, and I think Wake Forest should get be the one there, and I had to do my famous 26-17 on this one. Uh, this one's tough. <laughs> this one's really, really tough. I mean, Pitt, I'm, I'm surprised Pitt is where they're at now. I mean, they lost to Western Michigan, and then they lost to Clemson. Per, uh, not Clemson, sorry. They lost to Miami. So both of their losses were two very terrible teams. Um, Wake Forest, you know, loses to Clemson pretty soundly. Clemson beat them, which Clemson's not a bad team. They just can't figure themselves out. And then they lost to North Carolina. Um, I this one's really hard, but you know, I'm just gonna have to go with how I feel, and I'm gonna go with Pitt. I think Pitt's gonna win. And I have them winning uh, 42 to 35. All right. There's our pickups and there's our podcast for the evening. Uh, for those of you who are new listening, we welcome you. For those continuing listening, we thank you for your support. Um, we hope you guys have a great weekend ahead of you. 
Uh, Clint Hauser, always good to talk to you guys about sports and just life in general. So um, tell the wives hello. Um, hope they're doing well. And um, on that note, have a good weekend, y'all. Peace. Peace.